This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It is always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder, and I'm Andy Baskin. All right, when we left off, what were we talking about? We are talking about uh... the receiver problem. The receiver production problem that you and I believe exists, but Kevin Stefanski has spent no time worrying about. Again, I think if you look at your tight ends and consider them wide receivers or receivers in general, which I think it's easy to sleep at night. Well, and he thinks of it same thing. You know what he's looking at, Andy? To be perfectly, he's he's looking at production in the passing game overall, right? So on on Sunday, Deshaun uh, completed nineteen passes. Uh, out of 30, he uh, completed passes to two, four, six, seven guys. Amari Cooper, five catches. Jerome Ford, five catches. David Njoku, four catches. Elijah Moore, two. Uh, Akins, Tillman, Strong, one apiece. So he's looking at seven different guys combined for 19 yards, similar to the running game, right? Uh, Jerome Ford, 20 for 44. Uh, Kareem Hunt, 14 for 38 and a touchdown. Deshaun, three for 22. Pierre Strong, three for nine. Add it all up. That's 40, 40 carries for a buck 13, right? And so I, I think he's looking at the at the, the uh he's looking at the production in the aggregate and not so much individual production. We're focused on okay, well, Amari is like the the dude in the passing game, right? He's the guy getting the catches, getting the yards. I wouldn't say getting the touchdowns because he only got two of them. But he's the only receiver that has caught a touchdown pass this year. And we are going into, let me check my notes. We are going into week number 10. We're headed to 10. And they got one dude that plays the position of wide receiver uh, that has caught a touchdown. And to your point, I I think that, you know, we just expected this passing game to be more prolific. But Deshaun has been out for four of the last five games. You could argue the last five, right? Let's see. uh, I mean, do we... 
do we have to count the Indianapolis in the the five throws he made against the Indianapolis Colts? Do we really? No, have we're to only counting that? the three throws that went to members of the Cleveland Browns on that. So he missed like so basically he missed four games over of of uh, you know. Of, of, I think that's fair. You know what I mean like. Uh, Baltimore bye week, San Francisco, the Colts. We're not going to count it in Arizona. So, you know, I, I mean, he comes back against Arizona and was he showed that he can he can handle it, right? I, right. I think that's the best way to describe it. It was like he only threw for 219 yards. Um, he completed 19 of 30. Uh, now his rating was really, really good. It was a 107.5 rating, um, but it, it and you felt good about the deep ball. But again, we are waiting for the 300 plus yard four touchdown performance from Deshaun Watson. Would you Would you agree with that? Hundred percent. And I hope it's this week or over the next two weeks. I just need him to be efficient this week against the Ravens. I'll be honest with you. I don't need massive superstar this week. I need a guy that's going to take care of the football because I think if they don't turn the ball over, they're going to be successful against the Ravens, but well, they have to hang on to the football. I'm going to disagree with you. I think he needs to be superstar this week because you're going up against a superstar. You yeah, I get it, Daryl, but as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, I think they're going to be all right because I think the defense can be the superstar. Well, I, I need him to be efficient, man. When he starts – when we start throwing the ball away and we continue to fumble or we try to extend the play when you know you could live to see another down, I, I just think they'll be – I think they're more in the game if he can be efficient. Do I need a superstar performance? Yes, I would love it, absolutely. But I do think that one thing we did see against one of the worst teams in the NFL was that when you take care of the football, good things are going to happen. You can kick field goals and not feel pressure to get in that end zone every time because when you're feeling pressure to get in the end zone, that's when you're feeling pressure and you start turning the ball over. I We've just seen it too much. Yeah, and, and you know, the Browns historically have done a real good job. Just my point is, is like we're going to need Deshaun to play better than Lamar Jackson to win. Like that that's what the Browns are going to need. Um, How about even with? You forget. This Raven defense is good. Oh, I know it's good, but and, I think ours is good too. Oh, but here's the difference. They score points. Baltimore scores points on defense, right? The Browns, right. you know, the, the Browns get do a good job getting off the field. Um, they are starting to get turnovers in bunches. In fact, the Browns on third down this season. I gotta look it up here real quick uh, as I cheat here. Uh, they are allowing opponents to convert. Uh, 30, uh, let's see here. Opponents are converting 26% on third down. That is outstanding, uh, for the Browns. Uh, they're starting to create some turnovers. Uh, they won a turnover battle for just the second time this season. Right. So right. Point, yes. They need to win the turnover battle. You need Deshaun to play the, uh, equal to, if not better than Lamar Jackson, um, and then you're pro and you you win the turnover battle. And if you're able to do that, your odds of winning in Baltimore increase exponentially. And look, the Browns don't beat the Ravens often, but there have been surprises over the years where you've gone into Baltimore and you're like, "Yeah, no chance in hell to win this game." And then what do the Browns do? They go and play the game of their life, and they come out of there with a win. It actually, happened a couple years ago. So where they really took the boots to the Ravens, like it was the most imp impressive beatdown of Baltimore. 
since they stole Cleveland's football team. So, right. uh, and, uh, you know, so well said. need that, need that on Sunday, need them to just, you know, carry over what they did, uh, against Arizona, but, uh, Easier said than done, and the competition much more stiffer than what the Cardinals provided. All right, Daryl, final topic. There was tons of talk when we were leaving the stadium last night that the Browns could get flexed in their game against the Steelers, which would put them on Sunday night football. Now it appears that's not going to happen. I wonder why. Uh, so this is uh, Eric Delala. Uh, on X, he posted this, and I ver- I verified, double checked, and verified. He is a staff writer for the Denver Broncos website, okay. and he posted that the NFL confirmed no changes to the Week 11 schedule. The Broncos will play in prime time the next two weeks. Uh, Bills on Monday Night Football in Week 10, and then the Vikings on Sunday Night Football in Week 11. The reason why that seems somewhat pertinent is because it looked there was a there were rumblings that Browns Steelers here in Cleveland might get flexed from one o'clock into that uh, Sunday night football window. And I'm guessing that's not going to happen. That official announcement is probably going to come when all of our listeners are actually listening to our podcast on Tuesday. That's usually when the NFL drops any schedule adjustments. So we'll be on the lookout for that. But again, uh, according to uh, this staff writer from uh, the Denver Broncos team website, he would know um, it does not appear that uh, the Broncos are getting flexed out, which means it looks like Brown Steelers stays uh, at one o'clock. Daryl, do you think there's a reason why they wouldn't? Fl- I mean, the market sizes are about the same. Both teams are meh, although, you know, Minnesota had a big win yesterday yeah with josh dobbs and that was, kind of, that was impressive let's give josh dobbs some love yes, let's give him some former, love yes former cleveland brown to be to go up there and have kevin o'connell having to in his headset not only call the play but explain the plays like in that tight one because they cut it off i think it's 14 or 15 seconds on the play clock they cut the the, the quarterback uh, communication right off but uh, that, i mean that would that is just such an incredible. I mean, they were explaining the plays to him in his headset. Yeah. That's what they kept talking about. And but Mer- uh, Meredith, our, our amazing producer, and I both know that he's a genius after going yes. to NASA with him. He is we a rocket scientist. NASA Glenn uh, here in Cleveland uh, posted on X, gave him a a, a shout out, gave him a, nick- a new nickname. I I, I forget what it was, um, but I, I thought it was pretty uh, creative. But yeah, let's give Josh Dobbs some astronaut. Isn't that what it is? The pastronaut. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. So, um, you know, it can be done. Like it, it can be done. You can walk out there and and you know pull a rabbit out of your hat and and and, and win a big game. So good for Josh. He's- yeah, but let me go back to the initial question. Do you think the NFL wants the Browns in primetime on Sunday night? I don't think it's. Um, well, clearly not. A lot of talk early when Deshaun got here that there was no way the Browns were going to see prime a lot of primetime games. Well, uh, are we past that or no? Yeah, I do. Yeah, because where's like the conversation about Deshaun has all been about football this year. It's all been about here, here, here. Because you realize that if it, the Browns make the playoffs and start making headlines, if the Browns made the Super Bowl, the whole thing gets turned back up again. You know it, and I know it. You know it. I'm right. Just say it. You're right, Andy. Well, they didn't. They didn't do that to Ben Roethlisberger. They didn't do it to Ray Rice. They didn't do like you know what I mean. Like, 
uh, they've not, well, I mean, uh, you know, Kareem Hunt has rehabilitated his image with the Browns. And right, I but uh, I mean, you're talking about quarterbacks versus a running back in that scenario, I, I and you know, I, I and I hope you're right, Daryl. I, I I mean, I hope you're right that it probably wouldn't. I I just I, I can't see it. I, I still I'm think at, I'm just looking at other controversial things that have uh, happened involving players around the NFL and how NFL national media has handled them uh, in the aftermath. Is and what I mean by that is. And by the way, I mean, those other two stories weren't in the day. I mean, social media wasn't there for those guys. I, I get it. But the lead, once the punishment has been handed out and served, the NFL likes to pretend things didn't happen. Well, that I agree with you on that. And I, but I just I'm, I can't. To, I'm having a brain cramp. Chris Collinsworth, there was there was a game because Chris Collinsworth got a tremendous amount of criticism. This didn't involve this. This was something else where he uh, glossed over something involving a player and Collinsworth was criticized heavily for it. And this was like, this was like last year or two. And I'm trying to remember the situation, but yeah, the NFL, when it comes to anything uh, negative involving their players, once that player has done their time, as far as league discipline goes, right. And when they return to the national stage, the league tries to pretend that, nothing happened fair right? enough fair I mean, enough no i hear you no i hear you and i hope you're right i i just i wonder i still think it'll take center stage in some well, here's the scenario thing. if the browns have super success nobody talks about miles garrett swinging the helmet at mason rudolph anymore no they don't you're right although you know, outside of the city of pittsburgh outside of steeler fan and why my and and we, we talked about it at the time. It was very out of character for Miles to do something like that. Right. Um, he has always struck me as a pretty genuine, good guy. Um, in my dealings and interactions with him and, and getting to know him over the years. So that just seemed like it was, you know, but, but yeah, I mean, uh, the NFL does a really good job. I'm not, I swear, I'm not complimenting right. him or, or anything, but they, they do a good job of redirecting narratives and redirecting. Sure focus of fans when there are negative things involving players pasts um and again i to the i I think the fair comparison is ben roethlisberger you know what he was accused of when he was with Steelers, and then you know he it's all forgotten about uh as he continued to win games and even during uh, his retirement outside of a few national folks penning Hey, let's not forget that Ben Roethlisberger was accused of A, B, C, and D, right? Sure. Um, yep. But um, and, and so that's why I kind of feel like to you, your argument that the league is deliberately trying to keep Deshaun. No, up, I'm not. I'm not saying that they are. They, I just I wonder if that's in the back of their minds. That's have, all. I'm not saying they're deliberately yeah. doing it. I'm just saying they I wonder if that's still on the agenda on there. Thursday night football. So I don't know that there's much of a motivation to try and do that. And by the way, the Browns were, weren't the Browns on Sunday night football during Deshaun's suspension last year? Yeah. During the suspension. There you go. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say that. I mean, they didn't have to, I'm going to say no, that they're not, they're not doing anything to deliberately keep the Browns off of primetime. That's my, that is he's Daryl Ryder. Yes, he is. I I'll, I'll, I'll I'll buy into what you're saying. He's Daryl Ryder. She's Meredith Kane, the amazing producer of this podcast. And we'll be back later this week with another edition of it's always game day in Cleveland.